So welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Enough Already podcast, the show for consultants and coaches who want to forge their own path to success in their businesses and their careers and their lives. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and I'm so excited to have Pooja Mandan on the show today. She is a leadership coach and she's an expert in something that is very near and dear to all of our hearts, which is how do you build a business that is aligned in an alignment with your purpose and your values, and how do you bring spirituality into practicality in your businesses? So she's going to share with you all about what you really want to know is how do you create this high impact, meaningful business that really comes out of your soul. So welcome to the show, Pooja. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm over the moon excited to be here with you today. So there's so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm dying to talk more about your whole model around where your strategy should come from and how it comes from your soul. And we have so much to talk about. But before we get into that, I want to back up and talk a little bit about your background and how you came to this place where you are this leadership coach who has this ability to uniquely blend spirituality and entrepreneurship. Yeah, thank you. You know, now at this point in my life, when I look back, there was so much spiritual guidance that I thought I was through my free will taking those steps. But now that I connect the dots, I'm like, oh, this person and this conversation and this moment, everything was lined up for me. So it has fortified my faith in in spirit and in the universe. But I started my professional journey in India's tech uh, scene. It was a booming time for us. And we were all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and very excited about the role that technology could play. And so I started off as in product management roles in small, you know, not small, like medium-sized tech startups. And it was really stimulating, challenging, fun, and exhausting, and debilitating, and destructive at the same time. (laughs) And so... um, my, uh, you know, my stress levels at work would draw me to the world of meditation. This was in India. So I'm like, how do I balance all this, right? So I would go and I would like travel to meet meditation teachers. And what I would find was that I started to live in two different worlds. Mm. In one world, the world of like being in touch with my body and being in touch with my feelings. And even the men in the meditation centers, you know, they would come out of their meditations and they were willing to be vulnerable And then I would go to work and everybody just had to suck it up, including me. And we just had to be like these bros, you know, (laughs) that just had tight deadlines and it didn't matter if someone's mom had passed or any kind of like human things that were happening just had to be left at the door. And I could see the contrast and how it was affecting me because one world was soft And the other world was hard. And in one world, I only could, my value was only in my my mental plane and in my accomplishments. And in the other world, my value was in my essence and in my presence. And and I could tell like, this is not sustainable. Like these worlds (laughs) will collide because I was living double lives. (laughs) Yeah, like you weren't integrated. You were were completely disconnected. Absolutely. And I I remember saying that I I felt like I would have to leave aspects of me at the office door to walk in and to be accepted and to be rewarded and to, you know, get the promotion. And so, you know, my body 
crashed completely. I was 28 years old. I had this massive health crisis that needed surgeries and lots of treatment. And it was like, a, you know, what we call a come to Jesus moment or a wake up call or like when you're down on your knees and you pray. <laughs> and I really, you know, it took my spiritual uh, discipline to another level of like, what am I meant to do? Like, why am I here? Like, how do I want to spend the rest of my life? And that that started the beginning of where I am today and sort of this integration of what I call yin and yang energies and the practical and the spiritual and the intuitive and the logical and the, you know, uh, what we call opposites, but the integration. But at that time, I was just scrambling and, you know, I was looking to get my health back in order and I had just moved to the States. So I went to school to study nutrition. And so one thing led to another and then coaching started to become something I was really good at. And I started incorporating my leadership skills from my, my work. And um, just it just evolved. Like I kept getting guided to narrow down my niche and my skill set and then really find, you know, something that would bring value and impact to my clients who were very purpose driven, but for burning out, you know, or struggling either with the strategy or the spirituality, and then I could support them. So why do you think we are in this world where it really sets us up to be disintegrated? You know, where we have like one part of me can show up over at work or the other part of me is going to be in my relationships. The other part of me is going to be with my kids. Like, why are we set up this way? Is it just part of the human evolution or is it just something that's going on in our society right now? Yeah, you bring such a good point. I think there is no, there is like personal crises and there's global crises and they both require us to, instead of hating on the situation, on the external factors, to really look within and say, where am I missing some growth that is possible? Like every crisis is an invitation for us to grow and expand. And many of us have gone through these uh, personal, you know, uh, what I would call like crises to get to that place of clarity. And actually the globe, our planet has gone through a global crisis with COVID that is really forcing us to look at what are we doing? You know, I mean, there's been this whole great um, resignation and all of that is collectively we are saying this does not work. We cannot be disintegrated and we cannot be abused and used in work environments and then switch off and switch on like we are not putting up with that. And so collectively, I'm, you know, I do a lot of work with corporations and they are having to take a hard look in the mirror at who are we as a company? Like, are we putting profits first, people first? How are we investing in the well-being? So now people are taking mental health days. So I feel like we are demanding collectively an integration. And a lot of it has been sparked by people like you and me and who had personal crises that forced us to integrate. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. It's like it was a personal crisis that forced me to integrate as much as the personal crisis revealed to me that I was disintegrated. Like, I remember the moment, yes. there's so many moments, like when I think about like why I decided to leave Disney to start my own business. And I think it really began like really at my dad's funeral. This will sound weird, but you know, but if we were at my dad's funeral and my siblings and I were like writing little notes to shove in his suit, you know, cause it's like, Hey, you're going to the other side. You're going to see the big guy, you know, can you put in a good word for us? And my brother said, you know, his little note was like, Hey, I want a new job. And my other sister's like, I want a baby. My other sister's like, I want a boyfriend. And I wrote, like, I felt like a dotted line person and I wanted to become whole. 
And it was like one of those situations where I feel like the universe took me up on that offer. I had no idea how hard things were going to get from that particular moment, (laughs) but it was like, I want to become whole. And Mm -hmm. so that's like everything changed. Like I was always super passionate about consulting. And then I came home from the funeral. I'm like, I'm not passionate about consulting anymore. You know, like I, everything that I thought I was like, I, I totally flipped up my life because I think that moment revealed to me the disintegration, by the way, all my other siblings prayers were answered and mine was, I just didn't know, like mine was gonna take longer and harder, but anywho, but the idea here is there's a lot of my clients who leave corporate and they leave the security of a nine to five for that same reason is like, I like something might've happened, a job loss, layoff, a redefinition. And it real revealed like my work is over here. My hobbies are over there or my personal, very personal life. And none of these are integrated is a common kind of situation, but it's like, how is I, the question's like, is it just something that happens like midlife that we re, we see the need for integration or is it just the, the global crisis? Like what drives us to want this is this a, a natural part of our spiritual progression? Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about how nature works because not everything that is normal in today's day and age is natural. So nature is not really disintegrated. Everything, like the ecosystems are very in harmony and, you know, the tree is not fighting the squirrel for who, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of integration between resources And so I do believe that for each of us personally and globally, our evolution does invite us to move more and more into a natural state of being where we don't feel in conflict with our own self and we therefore do not feel in conflict with the external world. And so the way that we treat the planet has a lot to do the way we abuse our own inner self and our own resources, right? It's like, we keep if we keep eating trash and then we wonder why you know i have a health problem that is abusing our our bodily planet you know and so we are constantly through medical crises or other things we're constantly being invited to say hey where am i living out of balance and what needs to be integrated and we constantly see nature showing us the way in that, you know, in how it balances day with night and, you know, sunlight with moonlight and, you know, the summer with the winter, there's always opposites that are coming together that are integrating to to create life and abundance and, and prosperity. But when we pinch ourselves from that, we will always be in a state of suffering and disintegration. So I want to talk a little bit more because I think you're starting to touch on your amazing model for how you approach clients and helping them really come up with the right strategy for their business. Um, Can you talk about your Amplify model? Yeah, yeah. So the Amplify model is really (laughs) my own journey, right? That then I realized could be replicated for my clients. But um, the spiritual part of our, our self, of who we are, when we are stripped of the voices from outside of who we should be, that place of falling in alignment with ourselves, that is the spiritual part of the work, right? And that requires a lot of, you know, like it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like that's deep inner work. Um, and so that is the, the triangle of the self. 
then once we have a cl some clarity about what our, our values are, what our vision is, what is our voice, what are we meant to do in the world, then we tackle the next triangle in the, in the, uh, in the framework of our energy. So like, how are we going to not follow the template that has been given to us that is coming from the industrial world. We were never designed to work in that, in that kind of like, you know, in an assembly line production style, <laughs> especially when we are entrepreneurs and we have freedom over our time, we want to get very, very efficient and very, um, you know, very resourceful about our time and energy and our mindset. And those come in together. And then once we have those in order, strategy is like a cakewalk because of course we have cultivated skill sets and qualified ourselves and have the experience to bring our gifts into the world. And then the strategy is very easy on like, who is this for and what is the best way to reach them? And you know, how will this grow? Those are to me like almost like they just fall in place on their own as they did with you from our retreat, right? Like there was just so much clarity for your strategy that we didn't even talk about you know but it, it just sort of unfolded naturally because your inner self fell in alignment and to me that is that is the progression that I, I love to witness repeatedly with my clients. So why is it that when people want to just jump straight into strategy like why doesn't that work why is it so like we all, that's the bias. Like when I work with clients, like that's their first starting point. Like, okay, what's the strategy? Let's go, 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 go. And, you know, I try to help with my process of like, okay, we got to slow down. We got to tap in with your heart. You got to figure <laughs> out wh who you are, what you want. Why is it that our natural inclination is it? Is it part of that industrial culture? Like this is what we're used to, or is there something else that wants us to quickly get the strategy going, quickly get clients? Yeah. Well, I want to first of all honor you and celebrate you for your work and your genius in bringing your clients back to their hearts and to their centers, because that is really where the magic is. And let's talk about why we can feel uh, a sense of urgency about strategy. There's like two main reasons. One is if we are really in survival mode. And sometimes it can be perceived survival. And sometimes it can be real survival. So if we are really looking to put food on the table, guess what? You need to sell and you need to have money in the bank. But if we have not worked through our trauma, then we can stay in survival mode, even with millions of dollars in the bank. And that sense of urgency is still there. You know, that sense of desperation of like, I need more because we haven't uh, given peace to that part of us that never feels like, oh, you know, I'm rested, I'm safe, right? So like, we always feel like we need to keep scrambling and hustling. That's one reason. And the other reason is, yes, we live in a paradigm where our accomplishment, our entire worth and our value is tied to our accomplishments and our achievements. So of course, strategy feels like the easiest way to get there. It's like, okay, because in strategy, we are doing. Right. Because with the, you know, with the self and the energy, there's a lot of being, being work that is done, right? So in strategy, we can fool ourselves into thinking, I'm hustling, I'm working hard, I'm doing the things. And what I notice, a lot of clients come to me at this point is they're doing all the things, but they are internally either burning out or externally burning out or internally not feeling fulfilled. They're, you know, they're checking all the boxes, they're hitting the milestones, they're hitting the revenues, but there's an emptiness inside. 
And so that is the harm that comes when we tackle strategy first, is either it is coming as a trauma response or it is coming from a sense of like feeding external metrics that yeah. don't really fill our souls and our hearts. And then even at the end of the day, we feel like we still should be doing more. And so that is important reflection that behooves all of us, especially those of us who are in the service field of being being of service to others, coaches and consultants is like, am I feeling fulfilled? Or am I just like, you know, even though I'm not in the corporate world, am I still a hamster on the wheel chasing something that has been, you know, I've been told is important, but has not felt necessarily important or valuable or meaningful to me. That's such a great point because a lot of my clients do come out of the corporate world and it's like that we wind up recreating our career in our business because we didn't take that beat to look at the self and the energy first. It's like, okay, here's my corporate career. Okay, so I can immediately start getting clients from this one and now I have this and then several years later, it's like, hey, wait, what's this business that I built? When I, when I, when yes. I, look, at, when I look at your approach, like the, the connecting with self, like that seems to be like what, like the self feels like you're talking about not necessarily creating something new, but it's like, it's unlearning whatever is not actually authentic. Like you talk about like the industrial world isn't necessarily the way that we're wired, like at a human level, you know, and at as a personal human level, like I'm wired in a particular way. I have certain inclinations connecting right. with self. Like, so how, what would you recommend? Like, what do people first steps, you know, like to do to connect with self? Uh, you know, I have to say I, in my years of working, I have noticed how much entrepreneurs and what drives them is often a trauma response. Mm. They're just like, you know, they're in, when you're in either freeze, fight or flight, you know, you're either like the, the fight and flight are a lot of action oriented external manifestations. And that can look like a lot of work, but, and a lot of, uh, you know, achieving and accomplishment, but not, it's, it's like to, you know, it's like to complete something inside of ourselves. So I actually would say, looking at our trauma because many coaches and clients have come to this work to help others because they went through something themselves right they overcame something themselves right and so if they are not aware of their own shadow work in that if they're not looking at like what is still driving that they can give too much they can not have enough boundaries and you know they can just keep keep giving and doing without like really looking at is it coming from a fight or flight response, or is it really coming from a deep place of overflow of creative life force? And I think yeah. that's a very subtle nuanced difference. And I would recommend that that be the first thing to look at. I have a visual in my mind as you're talking about it is like a picture of like the difference between like without being connected with self, it's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, okay, what do I need to do? Versus like, okay, you know, like, let me get grounded to myself. Who am I? Heart, you know, heart, my, no, not my heart, my head, my heart, you know, my words, you know, and my body and all of this. And as an alignment where it's like, I'm all connected and I'm grounded and I'm not operating out of the fight or flight. That seems to be like the first part is 
get free from that frenzied energy and get connected. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And then from a place of like, I'm not abandoning myself, right? Once I'm fully embodied in my own self, in my heart and in my body and for women in our womb, because that is such a grounding, majestic place for women to be operating from. From there, the other parts of the self can form, right? Like what are my values? What is my voice? Like what is my, like my spiritual higher self wanting me to do and create and be in this world? Mm-hmm. And then all of that can come, but we cannot approach that. I mean, in the spiritual community, it's very dangerous because people can live in the spiritual world and basically not be in their bodies. And so their bodies can be in these hyper, you know, hyper states of like anxiety and a lot of like shaky energy. But to be in the body and to have worked through trauma and then to come to a place of values and voice and somehow like that genius, right? Then we are talking about a self being fully integrated and that is valuable to the world because it has to do nothing. Our presence does the work. From that place, that person's presence is doing all the work for them. So that when is- you say, is it presence or intuition? Like in our work together, when you were helping me with some of my my business reinvention type of stuff, we talked a lot about like tapping into intuition. Is that part of the energy work or is that part of like the connection to self work? It is connection to self because your intuition is your essence. It is yourself. And the more a person and a woman is operating out of her intuition, she starts to radiate a presence that is very magnetic and will draw the right people to her, the right opportunities, the right clients, you know, and that is because she is trusting herself. Yeah. And that trust comes from like, once we have worked through the trauma and we've done that inner work, then we can say, okay, this feels off or this feels amazing or my body feels lighter or my body feels constricted. And that is our intuition and our instinct kind of working together, you know? So I would say, yeah. I picture like my analytical clients who are listening in. It's like, Hey, that's cool for you. Like, you know, right brain, um, right brain brainy kind of creative person that's cool for you but i'm a data person i'm analytics like my business is all about like you know all of these this this professional expertise i have like what are you talking about like i'm not intuition i'm data person what would you say to that person absolutely you know so the beautiful thing about who we are is we are both we really cannot do one without the other. Like we have a right and a left brain. We are not meant to just have a right brain or just a left brain. So for the analytical types, and I consider myself, you know, I come from a technology background. I'm a very practical, strategic, analytical person. And personally for me, I like to use that after I have integrated. I like to move to my mental plane after my spiritual, emotional, and physical planes have been fully aligned. Mm. Because if I go there too soon, if I go to the mental plane too soon, I will run myself ragged. I spend too much time here. I don't know the difference between using my mind for creating good things and using my mind to stress myself out and go into anxieties. I I do not know how to discern unless my spiritual and emotional and physical energies have been aligned. 
Then when I activate my mental plane, I am on fire. I get things done quickly. I know exactly the shortest way to get from point A to point B. Like I'm very good with the analysis of a situation, but it it doesn't help me. And this was me in tech. Like I was so much in the mentals that I would just have to work twice as much because I was only using my analytical brain. So can you give us a practical, like, quick exercise that listeners can do like right now to get connected to self. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I call this the sandwich approach. And, you know, I I also say analytical as masculine and, you know, intuitive as feminine. So I call it the sandwich approach uh, in that we start with the feminine energy, which is the dreaming, desiring, like really connecting with our heart energy. This is for goal planning, right? Um, so starting with the feminine of like, what do I desire? Like, what is the dream and what happens to my body when I'm dreaming like that? So that's the feminine. Then the masculine comes in with like, okay, how are we going to make it happen? What's the 90 day plan? What's the, you know, what's the annual plan for this? How does this break down into daily, weekly, monthly tasks, right? Like all of the project management part is the analytical And then we sandwich it again with the feminine soft of like, now I can flow and dance with this. And now there's some creative, like I got this idea, right? So we want to have structures and frameworks with our spiritual feminine, you know, intuitive sides buffering both sides so that when we do create, it has been considered and reflected and aligned from many different places. So that's, that's like a, you know, it's a, uh, project management tool I use with my clients. It's very practical. That's great. And also you just kind of describe what it's like to plan with my left brain husband, because he's all about like data, five-year plan, what's the numbers? And I'm like, but that could be like this. And it could be like that. <laughs> so we, need, we need both, you know, yeah, you need both. we need both masculine, feminine, intuitive, logical, analytical, and dreamy. So we need to like really create time for both. You know, I have clients where they have like a CEO day and it's just their time to doodle and dream and go take walks and just like feel into the big picture with their business. And then they have very specific, like, you know, categorized days for different things and when they look at money and when they do their marketing. So, you know, we, we want to get better and better at integrating our own self first. And then that starts to trickle over into the world. You know, the world becomes more integrated when we are. So let's move on to the second part. So that's to connect with self. Now let's talk about energy because I feel like that was a big part of the work that you and I also did together. What does, what does it mean to be, um, is it connected to energy or energy management? Like, what do you mean by that part of your triangle? Yeah. So the way I look at energy management is in three ways. So we have our own day-to-day energy levels, right? Which is a combination of how we are nourishing our mental, physical, emotional, spiritual planes, right? So that is a discipline of how we, what is the state of mind we wake up in and how we sustain ourselves and our creative goals through the day and through the week, right? So that's just pure energy. That's a subset of food and, uh, you know, exercise and daily rituals. Then we actually have time, which is again, like a very you know, it's a very valuable resource for us as entrepreneurs. And because we move from corporate, very fixed structures to very like loose structures, we need to get very intentional and conscious about what we are doing with that time. And Mm. when are, 
you know, again, based on the seasons and just like really aligning and harmonizing with the rhythms of our own creation. And so that is the time piece. And the third piece is mindset. And that is also part of our energy because all three of them interact with each other. You know, so if I'm not sleeping well, that's an energy problem. Then I'm not producing well, that's a time problem. And then that affects my mindset because I start to talk, talk myself down, right? So now we are like, you see how each of them interact with each other. So in the energy triangle, we are constantly working on these three main areas of like, how am I on the daily setting myself up to maintain good energy, good time, good mindset. And then, then you see how that would set us up for strategy because everything else is like the building blocks are there. You yeah. Know? So you're connected to yourself and now you're in the flow and your mind is clear. Then it's like, oh, well, then it's just more of like receiving what the strategy is Absolutely. rather than creating the strategy. No chasing. It comes. When so we are here's, here's what's interesting. So you and I did a VIP day um, at the beach a year ago or almost a year in June. So you and I went through the, we went through the South part, we worked on the energy and then I did a cross country move, you know, which was like nothing. No, it was like super brutal. It's exhausting. So it took like months to implement like the energy part, you know, for the strategy to appear is my situation typical or, do, you know, or can you get it done? Like if you have the beach retreat for a client where it's like, they can get all three done in a single day or like what's realistic or in terms of the rhythms and the energies to get this alignment yeah. happening? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'll be honest with you, when we do deep spiritual work, like we did with you in getting alignment with self, you know, it really sets in motion a, a bigger path, a bigger purpose for us. And that is not like in three months that you will know the strategy for that. You know, it kind right. of really percolates. And so I really recommend to my clients that they come to me at a time when everything is good, you know, and yet they're yearning. So things can run smoothly in their business while they are in some ways they're up leveling very significantly in a, in a, like through the spiritual work, they, they're going to up level but that will take time to percolate. And so they still need to have their day-to-day -day operations working and just not, you know, like have, have the comfort of a, a well-oiled machine so that they, they can give themselves permission and time and space to then up-level energetically and spiritually to what is being called off them, you know, to the, at the next level. And that does take, it has taken six months to a year for most of my clients, but they are in an incredibly aligned place for the rest of their life, you know, and that to that, of course, it's like, it's like starting over. It's like a rebirth, you know? So um, it's worth the time it takes, but it is, um, it is not always over. Sometimes it has happened like within a few weeks, they've found all the right pieces, but I would say it has taken three to nine months for most of my clients to like find that new rhythm and that new sense of purpose and the new strategy from that. I wonder if the difference is, is between like evolutionary change and transformational change. Like if it's like, you're just kind of coming in for a tune up, it's like, all right, I just want to, like, I just want to keep my, my business in alignment with who I am. Like then maybe the, you know, it's like, okay, let's just like reconnect with self energy. Now the strategy. But it's like, if you're in transformation, 
you know, like that will take longer. And that's like, I have an aha. I'm like, now I know what happened, why I'm in Denver. <laughs> it's because of you. It's because of our work together. Cause we worked on like tapping into intuition and really, I used a lot of that with the MOOC, but I remember there was an exercise you had me do which, which is like find a sacred place in my house to like really do my spiritual practice. And I remember like, I looked around my house. I'm like, I feel like a caged animal. Like there's nowhere here. And like my intuition was saying, it's like, it's time to make a different kind of step change, you know? And, and maybe that's what the difference was, is like tapping into intuition. It's like, well, intuition's not necessarily going to say, all right, let's speed up and be in, you know, production mode. It's just going to be like, whatever it is, it is. And just kind of trusting the intuition through the process, no matter what the timing is. Right. This is such a good point <laughs> because, you know, in the spiritual realm, time is not linear. So the way we approach time and the urgency, especially with like, where's my stuff, right? Where's the answer? Why, you know, that our spirit doesn't, our soul does not operate in that language at all. It just knows what is the best, highest manifestation for us, you know, but we have to really, really trust that there is divine timing to certain things. And interestingly for you, you had been doing your work for so long. You have been so introspective, you know, and you've been so self-aware that by the time we met, Betsy, you were already like, you were like the spark with the fire ready to go, right? And so things moved for you really quickly. Like you manifested many, many things that were more aligned for you very quickly. But imagine that if, you know, 10 years ago, if we had done this work, these would be seeds. And then one day you would fall in alignment and everything would fall in place. But you yeah. would then say, oh, this is why, right? But so, so we have to, and I'm seeing for myself, I'm in my 40s and oh my God, there are so many things that were just not meant to happen when they didn't happen. And now I know why. And we have to, this is kind of us moving into our crone phase of like being the wisdom keepers as women is that we now start to see things for their big context and their big picture and then we can guide the you know the younger hungrier hungrier ones with some of that wisdom of like trust the process trust the timing so it sounds like then so it's like it seems like there's a meta kind of process where it's like self energy strategy and then there's micro processes around self energy strategy and then there's like daily processes of self energy strategy and it's like you're constantly doing it at different levels. But if you're looking at the bigger change, that's going to be a longer type of thing because now you're looking at transforming your career, your life, and that's going to take longer. Then there might be like a up-leveling, tweaking here right. and there. But then it's like, let's like let's talk about what it looks like on a daily basis, like a daily practice around self-energy strategy, self-energy strategy. Yeah, okay. So uh, what typically most of my clients do is they, what I, there's an Indian saying that each being is like a house with four rooms, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical. And if we don't go into each room, even if it's just to air the room, we're not a complete being. And so my standard recommendation and something that I get really good feedback about is for my clients to just check these four boxes off. So are you doing something for your first thing in the morning? Are you doing something for your body? You know, is, is your breakfast healthy? Are you moving your body? You know, just getting that part of the energy going. Then in the, in the spiritual realm, is there some practice, whether it's meditation or it's prayer or it's journaling or just, 
you know, allowing something to move through us that can guide us. So that's the spiritual practice. Then in the emotional realm, anything that connects us to our heart, gratitude, spending, you know, having breakfast with family, spending time with pets, just anything that brings us down to our heart so that we can really be operating from there. And then in the mental practice, I recommend to my clients to like look at their schedule. Mm. Get ahead of it before it starts to come at you and like blindside you. Um, you know, and so it's sort of book ending uh, their day with the beginning and the end of like looking at what got done, what still needs to be transferred over to the next day or to the next week. So just having that kind of like reviewing of their schedule. And this is, of course, much easier when they have looked at their 90 day, their annual goals, right? When we have worked all those out, then they know exactly what needs to get done in this week. Right. So then they know exactly what needs to get done in that day. And so if they are just reviewing, they're on top of everything and they can, it's kind of like an iterative process in technology. You know, when we're building apps, we scrum every two weeks. Right. So they're basically scrumming and looking at what, where are we at? What needs to be tweaked? What needs to be deleted? And, you know, how do we basically keep the project forward? Whatever that project is, you know, whether it's a launch or a revenue goal or something you know, a hiring project, whatever uh, their goals are. So they're kind of inching their way towards it on the daily. So it's like, it's getting really clear on what your priorities are and making sure that all the extra stuff is not necessarily in there, like such as like, you know, wasting time with social media might not be there and some of those other things. Yeah. Um, so let's say somebody says, okay, well, I'm super busy, but it's like, I, I really like to go for a walk. I, that's meditative for me and I'm physical and I like to listen to music and that connects me to spirit and heart. Um, would they have to do three separate exercises or three activities or could that one activity count for three of the four? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so you could be efficient and then you get back and work on your calendar and now we're done. If in one hour you can knock out three of your, <laughs> you know, if you can nourish your body and your heart and your spirit in that one walk, right? Um, which is what I do. I, I do my 10,000 steps. And so I'll sit on the bench and I'll meditate. And then I'll listen to a lot of inspirational, you know, podcasts and stuff. And so I get a lot of nourishment in that time across the board with my body and my heart and my spirit. And then when I come back, I take care of, you know, some of the other things. And yeah, I mean, you know, we are efficient co coaches, consultants are smart, efficient people. <laughs> yeah. Cause because you could say, all right, I, like maybe it's just doing what you might've done, but with intention. So let's say that you're somebody, cause I know a lot of my clients who are going to be listening to this podcast while they're doing, going for a walk, but they might not be thinking like, Hey, I'm really using this as an opportunity to be physical, both physical and intellectual for right now, right. you know? So it's like, like, but then if you put the intention, it's like, yes, that's what I'm doing here. Right. Or if I want to flip it up where it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this podcast and then I'm going to listen to music another time, but I'm going to be intentional. Like this is my spiritual practice. It just seems like maybe it's just bringing intentionality to what you might've been doing already. Absolutely. I love this. And it's, it's intention. It's mindset. It's like, you know, getting in the right mindset and, um, you know, on Sundays, most of my clients plan their week. So if your client, if your audience is listening, they could potentially say hey, during this walk, I can make it into a spiritual practice as well, or I can listen to music every other day, or like just sort of like plan uh, intentionally how they would like to check some of those boxes 
while getting all of their nourishment in. Like sometimes we do like to just listen to music while we're working out, right? And sometimes we want to be intellectually stimulated. So what is a good balance, you know, so they can sort of get ahead of that and put more inten intentionality at the beginning of the week for, for some of those exercises. And it's also like if you can, like if there's an order to what you're doing here, because you mentioned time, it seems like time should come last, you know, because it's still part of that strategy thing, you know, so it's like using the other three rooms to, yeah. to, to really work on the self energy and then the time, cause time's your strategy. And then it's like, okay, now I'm connected with intuition. So now I know like, oh yeah, this is how I should plan my time. I should say yes to this and no to that, or I should block this time out now. Like even little things like I was listening to a friend of mine was saying something about like how you can take five weeks off a year. And she says, like, at the beginning of the year, she looks at every fifth week in a calendar and just blocks them off. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I blocked them all off. I don't know if I'm going to use it for, like, vacation. I might use it for thinking time or all the other things. But, you know, just thinking it through, like, how, why am I doing it? Am I doing it because I want to be intentional because I want to have space for self, you know, or that kind of thing? It seems like it's all about the intentionality, but really doing the other stuff first. Yeah. Hearing it accurately. Yeah, this is what I love about you is that you listen so intuitively that you can like distill from all the rambling that I <laughs> that I was doing. You're like, this is what it is. And you're right. Like the the others come first and then the timepiece knocks everything off because you've built the building blocks to be fully in alignment. So the spiritual, emotional, physical comes first, and then the time, the mental piece comes in the end, and it's very easy to look at what is possible and how to organize it once you have nourished those other parts. Or it's like, maybe it's like the four, instead of it four rooms, there are actually still three rooms. There's the self energy and, and the strategy. So the yeah. self would be is the spiritual side and the connection to heart and people and the things that nourish you from that standpoint, the energy is taking care of your body, going yes. for that walk and the movement, and then the time management. So it's the same model yeah. at multiple different levels. It's the daily practice. It's the evolutionary practice of whatever you're doing. And then it's the transformational times. But recognizing like I could do this on a daily, but that's just like maintenance and having a spirit, spirit aligned, values aligned business approach to how I do what I do. Then it's like, hey, when I want to up-level things or I want to introduce a new program, I still do like, okay, does this align? Like I'm working yeah. on, like I was I was playing with something for, I have a, a community, I have a membership community. It's called the Purpose to Profits Academy. Love it. Um, that was something that came out of our conversation is I want to do more stuff with groups. And so I'm doing that. And I was teaching last week on how to create offers around features and benefits. And so I used something that I wanted to create for examples. And it's like, I want to do something around content, like helping people with content because I love content. And I started working through, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Like, this seems like a good, this is what I've been wanting to do for a really long time. But it was like somehow like going through like this process all over again. It's like, oh, well, so that to me is like, feels like that evolutionary kind of thing. It's not like, it's not like a game changer. It's yes. like transforming my business, yes. but it's like, but it's just something I really wanted to add. And it's right. like, it's hard aligned because I do like playing with content. You know, rather than like, oh, I should do this like proposal uh, mentoring where it's like, okay, my energy's starting to like wane, just even mentioning it. Like you could see like, uh, you know, versus like, yeah. oh, I have content and ideas and fun. So it's like also paying attention to that seems like another. 
Oh, yes. Oh, I love, I love this analogy because it's like one thing is coming out of overflow organically and that is true scaling, right? Like this is naturally how a tree will, is not like, oh, I have to go in this direction by these many millimeters every day, right? It's naturally just like going towards something where the sun shines, right? It's growing naturally versus when we feel we must and we should and our energy actually shrinks. So yeah. facing the sun is what we do when we are aligned. We naturally move towards the sunlight and we grow. And that's what happened to you in like just in you sharing your genius with your community, something grew from that. And then boom, it just felt good. It felt joyful. And we forget that, you know, we are here for joy. We are here to love and we are here to have peace. And if those, you know, if those are not being met, then we are not in alignment. So I love that you use this example because this is a classic example of growing naturally, scaling naturally without shrinking our integrity and our and our essence in the process. Well, it seems like also like with connecting with the self and the energy, it's like the self would be is like, yeah, I can do it. Like there's a lot of things that we might want to do as entrepreneurs because I can do it and it can make money. But it's, it's like, it's in the, like what I would call like the second tier strengths. Like it's something I'm capable of doing, but it does not, it doesn't light me up. It doesn't bring any sort of joy. It's not like, okay, this is my superpower where it's like, oh, it feels like play. And then it's also that second part with the energy, like playing around with the energy. Like, does this feel like a fun, does this feel like a fun option or does this not? Like, how does that feel? Like, I love how you don't call workshops, work workshops, you call them play shops. Yes. because we should be playing around with our work rather than like, oh, I should get it done. This seems monetizable. I should probably do this. This makes sense, <laughs> you know, versus like, hey, I get to do this. This would be fun. Let's do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you've really, you've summarized a few things that in the self triangle, really getting clear about our values so that they are guiding what we choose to do next or actually where we choose, what we choose to say no to. And also to constantly remember to stay in our zone of genius because there's a lot of things we are good at and in the zone of excellence and they're financially rewarding, but they don't light us up. And so we have to ruthlessly stay in our zone of genius and keep saying yes to to those type of things where time stops and we come alive and we never get tired. Like I'm never tired after a full day retreat with at the beach. Like I'm flying high, no coaching call, exhaust me. You know, so there's this sense of like being fed by the work rather than being drained by the work. And that comes when we are really aligned with our, our soulful purpose, with our values and with our genius. And, you know, that's all the work that we do in, in the self um section. And then just this one last question on this one, and then we can move on from here is, so what you have to do though, like, so what I would have to do is like, I have to get rid of and say no and prune off these things that don't bring me energy. You know, we have to Marie Kondo our work. Um, what tips would you give to someone to say, all right, yes, it made you money. It's, it fed your career up to this point. It's no longer serving. Right. Is there a ritual or is there something that you could recommend that would allow somebody to let that go without feeling like, oh, I spent so much money and time developing this? Like, what is there something that you could offer around a ritual of saying, letting that stuff go? Yeah, the timing of this, Betsy, this is spring and spring is really a time for deweeding and decluttering and clearing out space for something new to be birthed. 
So I do feel that, you know, through winter, we get clear. And in spring is when we take action and on what needs to stay and what needs to go. And, you know, a very clear filter, of course, we always want, I mean, for, you know, both you and I have been in different stages of entrepreneurship. So if we are still in the bread and butter, like putting food on the table, I would not recommend to anybody to let anything go and like not have anything solid to stand on. So if you're doing something that is not fully soul fulfilling, but it is putting, you know, putting food on the table at this time, um, then do that and then work on other things on what clear space in other areas to like let something else come. But if if uh, the, some of the audience is fully settled in that way, I would highly, highly recommend to just energetically sit with a program, whether it's like a folder or like print out, you know, if it's a digital program or it's a course, like really to sit with it energetically, meditate and pray on it and feel its energy to see, is it pulsating with life? Or does it actually feel like something in the body? Our body has so much intelligence, it will shrink or expand based on what feels true to it. You know, so I would... I would invite them to test through the heart and through the body on what feels what feels opening to the body and to the heart and to keep that and then to run it for another six months, one year and then do it again. <laughs> because, you know, we can't, uh, life is not static. We have to keep revisiting and clearing and, you know, introducing new things and releasing old things. So, um, so I would say that, that would be a great ritual to really uh, sit in meditation with with that work, the body of work. And really, if it needs to go to give so much thanks for it, because it it brought so many people, it was market research, it brought revenues, it helped you understand yourself better. You know, there's so many gifts from it. So to really just write down everything that you're grateful for, that you're, you know, that it has brought into your life, and then to let it go slowly or through, you know, a flash sale or something like that. And just to have a nice goodbye party for it, you know? <laughs> That's a great idea, like a flash sale. You know, like there's something about that, that, well, I love this gratitude practice because I think that people get too literal around like, oh, I invested in this and it made me money, or maybe I invested in this and it didn't make me money. But instead of being more expansive around like, wait, there's all these other gifts that it came, gave you like it, you know, I have a course that I had for years and it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's, I know energetically, I've been needing to let this thing go for a long time. And, but it's like, it taught me how to write courses. It taught me how to, it got me onto Kajabi, which led me to be able to create websites and all the things that I can do now and help me you to know, move me into the branding and all the things that I love. But this iteration, it's like, it, do, it doesn't really serve anymore. It's not, it's not who I am anymore, but I could be grateful for all yeah. the other things. And I love this idea, like being grateful. And then when you let it go, you know, to just do it in that, like of, of a place of positive where rather than what a lot of people might feel like, oh, I'm such a failure. It didn't work. Or maybe it did work and I don't love it anymore. And now it's not making money. Cause I think at some point it's not going to make money for you anyway. Right. I feel like we tend to get bitter and angry towards the end with some things. And it's really important that they were like teach, they were, they were big guiding posts for us. And, you know, we learned so much through, through those processes and, we are who we are because of our creations, no matter how they have done their time and it's time to let them go. So to really just have gratitude is, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful way to create space for something new because we cannot let go of something with anger and bitterness and resentment and then hope that something fantastic will come through, right? Like that's not good energy. 
to invite uh, for the next phase of our of our career. So I hope this is helpful. So how can people work with you and how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, I'm like you going coming out of my winter and really excited about a new few new uh, phases in my life. So the one thing we're doing this year is our digital programs. We have started something called the Radiant Presence Academy on Thinkific. So we, we are on Thinkific. And so we're la- launching um, you know, a bunch of very low-cost, affordable digital programs, mostly designed for women around the time, energy, mindset kind of um, pieces that they can tackle. And then, of course, there's the beach retreats during fall and spring that we got to You got to tell more about the beach retreat. Just share like briefly what the beach retreat's all about, because it's oh. amazing. Graduate of the beach retreat, I'm wearing my my beach my beach themed yeah. outfit for my conversation with Pooja. What what would you share? What what drew you and what happened for you? I think that would be the best way for me to talk about the retreat because you you know you just took it and you you grew wings from it and it just has to this day it has moved me so much. Oh, this is good because then I can get you to give you a testimonial through my podcast as well. So this works out great. So, um, okay. So what turned my head initially is you were a speaker at a retreat I was at with Carol Cox and speaking your brand. And there was a few things that you said that turned my head initially or just right away. Like we, there was some energetic connection. There was stuff with your story, obviously that moved me. But when you talked about this model that we've been talking about, it's like, Oh, that makes so much sense to me. Like, this is the most logical thing I've ever heard. Like, this makes so much sense. And then you had also said in that retreat about as a speaker, like the audience is there for you. Like there's a specific audience for you. And there's something about like the way that you communicate your story or whatever your message is that you're the right container for a particular audience. You may not be for everybody, but your audience is there for you. And I'm like, okay, those, those things like made sense. And I remember coming back and talking to, um, my husband and I'm like, or he wasn't even my husband yet. It was like right before, like right before we got married. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do this. Like, I know I'm going to have to do this, but I need to work with Pooja somehow. I'm not sure what it is. And then, um, I think it was somewhere in the beginning of June, we started talking about it. Or no, we had lunch and we started talking about it, talking just some more. And the, to me, the beach retreat was like a day long reset. So I had gone through a lot of transitions with my business that were kind of like still hanging on. I still, I hadn't had the space to really process them. And that, um, my strategy really wasn't being clear because I had lost sight because of what had happened before around like, what is my voice? What is my brand? What is it that I'm all about? And so that, and I knew my energy because I had been processing so many different transitions between, you know, getting married and my, um, my kids growing up and, you know, become, you know, this empty nester looming and all these other changes. So what I feel like what we did at the beach, um, there was a lot of activities that we did. And I'll be honest, like, it's not like, okay, well, all of these coaching, I've never, it's not like some of the exercises we did. It's like, oh, I've like, it wasn't like, I never saw them before, but there was something about the energy of our conversations, but it's like the connecting back with self and the intuition. And it's like, and, and connecting back with my spiritual core, that that's what made the difference. And so once, I mean, from that point, that was like June 24th, when we had that retreat, my house was sold and on the market to move to Denver within a month after that. And it's like, and all of the process was based on intuition. Like my gut says it was time for a a fresh start. 
and I knew it. And then my whole house buying process, it was all based on intuition, you know, making the decisions around what stays in my house and what doesn't was all based on intuition. How I decorated my house was all based on intuition and creating space and making sure I have a place in my home for like my meditative space and making sure I had meditative spaces in my home and all of that happened. Now, like the time period of like activation of strategy, obviously, as we mentioned, took a little bit, but it was like connection to self. And so to me, that's what was so powerful around, like I'm connected to my intuition. I know when things don't feel well, you know, don't feel like an alignment and and the courage to say, no, and this, I don't want to do those things that don't feel in alignment anymore. And I feel like I'm showing up now differently for my clients. Like I feel like really present and really less, less concerned around like my mistakes, my flaws, things that would have, you know, made me feel embarrassed. Like, oh, you're, you know, I don't want everyone to find out I don't have all my stuff together. It's like, Hey, you know what? That one's a mistake. My bad. No problem. Or I do have challenges in my life. It's not like I have this, you know, I had it all figured out. I left Disney and I created this perfect life and it all worked out perfectly. That's not it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answers your question around the retreat or my question around the retreat. I'm so moved by your words. Uh, You didn't give me all the details, you know, since we, we have reconnected, but uh, your vulnerability being just willing to show up as who you are without having to put these masks and these facades of like, I have my shit together. I feel like that is what we are all yearning for. And I'm sure it makes you so compelling and magnetic to your people because ultimately, you know, of course we are subject matter experts, but we are like messy humans that are like going through all kinds of things. And just all the alignment that you, you you know, we were talking about even before, uh, I'm just really, really moved that that one day sparked so much forward movement and growth and expansion in your life. Thank you for sharing that with me. Well, thank you for sharing your gifts with me. (laughs) Thank you. So, well, is there anything else that you'd want to talk to me about as it relates to creating a soulful business, a spiritually aligned business, values aligned business, and I'm just not asking you the right questions? Oh, no, you asked just all the perfect questions. We had such such a meaningful, rich uh, conversation, Betsy. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Enough Already podcast. Um, one thing that I'm sure Pooja would join me in is just that reminder that whatever you want to create for your career, for your business, you are already enough for whatever it is that you want. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.